Welcome to the situation room. Welcome to the situation room. Welcome to the situation room. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the situation room. I am Jordan Coe. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. Um, you guys can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Raven Sit Room. He's at Gabe Fergie. And uh, Gabe, you know, I feel like a broken record. I start the same way every week, but I guess we're just going to have to play close games that come down the last 30 seconds of every game every week and the Ravens are just going to continue to give us heart attack after heart attack. Yeah, and you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, you you can't keep playing these close games and expect to win everyone. Um I mean, they had a great opportunity to win this game. Um you know, there's been a lot of conversation about that that uh decision to go for two. <laughs> Did you see the picture of the defensive lineman who was lined up in the neutral zone with his hand literally next to the ball on the snap. Like, of course the the refs don't call that. Like you have the ball on the one yard line. That's a little bit of a different play there. I think, um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. The the Ravens lost. They had a chance to win it. They decided to go with the play call. Um, there were some opinions at the beginning. I thought it was a gutsy move. I thought considering all the things that were going on that getting, unable to stop the Steelers in the fourth quarter, Marlon Humphrey getting hurt. You have one play to win it. I like the play call. What did you think? Yeah, I've evolved on this. My my initial reaction was I didn't like it. I, and, and I don't think that – I still am not sure that I love the idea of going for it, but I see the logic a little bit more clearly 24 hours later on this. I think that the Ravens defense was definitely – regressing in the wrong direction. They couldn't get a pass rush without rushing more than seven guys. And when they rushed more than seven guys, Ben Roethlisberger, seven or more guys, it felt, it felt like when, when they were doing that, Ben Roethlisberger was picking them apart. When they stayed back in coverage, they were fine. So I, I'm not completely sure what or why or how the evolution of that happened. I think we're, we're going to talk about that next. Um, but that led me to be a little more okay with the fact that they went for it. I, in the moment, I thought it was a really terrible decision to go for it um, just because the offense was sputtering all game long. They did have a nice drive right there, but like counting on them to execute in a big moment on a big play just seemed like a fool's errand to me. And, and all those moments prior to that in the game, very rarely did the Ravens come through. So it, it didn't surprise me when they did in here. That being said, I liked the play call. Generally speaking, I liked, would have liked that play call more if they ran it to the left instead of to the right. It didn't make a lot of sense to me of, if you're going to leave a, a guy unblocked to come at Lamar, why are you leaving that to be TJ Watt? Like flip the play, have some kind of alternate there, call timeout, or I guess they didn't have any timeout, but I don't know. I, I don't like leaving the best player of the Pittsburgh Steelers on the field unblocked to Lamar Jackson and then to say, oh, well, this play would have worked if it wasn't for the fact that we left their best player unblocked running at the quarterback. I mean, of course it makes it a 90% more difficult throw. Yeah, it, it was not an easy throw. And, and you know, Lamar's taking some heat for his play in this game and, you know, his play over the past month. And we'll, we'll get into that, you know, a little bit more detail, I think. But it, it that was a very difficult play for him to make. Like Anytime you have someone like Watt right in your face, he was intentionally unblocked, like you said. Um, you know, I think they were hoping that the, the little dive play would kind of freeze the edge, I think, um, give, you know, Lamar an extra beat there. Um, you know, I, I, I rewatched that play probably like 10 times and I keep thinking, you know, if Jackson tries to 
he, he makes this move where he's kind of like trying to fi figure out if he can get around Watt and decides that he's not going to and he steps up instead and does this kind of like weird arm angle throw to get around him which I'm honestly I'm not sure how he even got the ball through Watt like it was a play looked like it was going to get batted very easily but he got the ball off it just wasn't as accurate as it needed to be because of the difficult situation he was in but that that, that was not an easy play at all um Andrews was wide open like that was well designed from that aspect of it but it's it's difficult to put the, your quarterback in that position um and it, i mean still it went off his his hand like it was literally inches away from being you know the conversion so I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I disagree with that. It wasn't inches. It was, it was probably a foot away. Like, yes, Andrews got his hand on it, but it needed to be at least a foot closer to him to be a catch. And Andrews was not in the end zone. Andrews still had a yard to go. And when Andrews fell over from not catching that ball, he did not fall into the end zone. He would have been short. And if they would have, if, if somebody would have caught up to him, even if he had to stretch out, they could have gotten him down before he got in. My issue with this play is that they're asking an offense that cannot do a lot to do a lot in one play, right? You're asking for you're asking for a play action. You're asking to show like an RPO, right? Then you're asking to have a free rusher off the edge, right? You're asking your weak side linebacker to come or your weak side tight end to come all the way across the formation to the other side. And then you're asking Lamar to, to when you know he's going to have a guy in his face, either beat that guy or make that throw. That is too many steps in the process for a team like this. I would much rather have, they have done what they did against Kansas City, just lined everybody up put 10 linemen on the field and and effing tried to have Lamar Jackson run it into the end zone. That to me is a play that is going to work nine times out of 10. And yeah, it didn't work in the Tennessee game in the playoffs a few years ago, but like get your best run blockers in there, get behind them and let your best guy don't, don't risk having to drop the ball. Mark Andrews hands were not good in this game. That's the other thing. Like yes, Mark Andrews is your best receiver. No, Mark Andrews was not your best receiver in this game. And it wasn't, and it wasn't particularly close. So you're just you're the play call here is just taking all these different things and shoveling them together and saying, oh, well, it worked in practice this one day. So we think it's going to work here. Also, what a, th there was nothing about this play that's that to me, once they ran it, where they were like, where my sense of that moment was, oh, this is targeted to exactly what Pittsburgh has been doing all game in short down situations. They're really going to get them here. Right. It was just a play that Greg Roman likes and they like or the team likes. So they decided that that was the spot that they were going to run it. That's my that, that is my bottom line problem with this offense as a whole. They are not they, they still continue to choose not to attack what they think the other team is going to be doing in a way to exploit it. And instead, continue to just do the things that they think are going to work conceptually, that they practice, that they've seen, whatever those things are. And, and we continue to see failure over and over and over again in those situations. The other, a couple other factors are the Ravens have not been terribly great under Lamar Jackson on two point conversions. You and I have talked about this for some time. Um, they are they were a little under fifty percent under Lamar Jackson on two point conversions before they ran this play. So I think that needs to be kind of factored into the expectations a little bit as well. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still. I, I think it's. A, I think it's a closer call. I look at it the other way around. If I was a Steelers fan, I was happy that the Ravens were going for two. I would much rather have a 50-50 shot right there if I'm Pittsburgh to end that game, and and they got it. And oh, I, I would have felt the other way around. But a hundred, like if if the if the Ravens had been a team that was needed to like make a stand there to win the game, I I would have been feeling terrified, especially after they just moved the ball all the way down the field. Um, I would have much rather go to overtime. The way the Steelers are playing, both 
especially on offense. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do not want to be put in a situation where I have to make one play in order to, to, to lose it or to win it. Like the, the offense has the advantage there, I feel. Um, and they have that one play to win it. I, I don't, I don't know. I, to me, that that was the right call because I just feel like the Ravens were sputtering on defense. There's too much you're putting in, in the hands of chance if you go into overtime, especially with a depleted roster. And I, yeah. I, I, just... I mean, you were depleted on offense too. I mean, Makari being out. I, I it's. I think it's. I think it's an over. Again, I've evolved. I, I'm more on board with their decision to do this today than I was yesterday. I don't. I still don't think it's a slam dunk decision. I think it was gutsy, and like sometimes you have to do stuff like this, and sometimes it's not going to work out, and you have to live with that. And that's kind of where I, I've evolved to on this. Um, but I don't think it was clear cut. Like the Ravens had to go for this, and it, it was all going to fall apart. I think that I think that defense, if they could have gotten, and maybe we need to get back into this. Let's talk a little bit about what happened to the defense in the fourth quarter. I think if they could have gotten back to what they were doing in terms of approach in the first half, where they weren't rushing what seemed to be six, seven, or more guys on any given play, and just tightening, like tightening back up against the run, the Steelers, the Steelers' offense didn't have it. Like they, they, they just didn't, they didn't have it in this game. And so it would have had, you would have been. Yet, yes, you would have been taking a chance where Ben is probably going to be throwing a deep pass to like Claypool or Johnson. But if you're in a too high look or you're you're in a deep set look there in those moments and you can stop the run a couple times, I think that that's that was still going to be a favorable situation for the Ravens. I mean, it, it might have been the Steelers were able to move the ball pretty effectively in the fourth quarter. Like the, the Ravens, they had three scoring drives, um, you know, two touchdowns and a field goal. It wasn't something that the Ravens were being able to stop. I mean, I know, I know that they came close. They a also had times. an interception. They also had an interception that was a terrible call against. Avery. Yeah. I you know I, I went, that's another play. I went back and rewatched over and over again. And it, that was at, at the time I thought it was like a legit call, but like on review, it was, I mean, Johnson was pushing off on, on Avery just as much as Avery had his hand on, on Johnson. I thought they were still within five yards too. They were. They, that's, that's the thing. Like you were allowed yeah. to have your hands. And then, and then Avery was driving on the ball. Like he wasn't like, he was making a play on it. And, and yeah, you got to make, I think that kind of play in that situation, that's, that's a, that's a really difficult play to miss. And then like, you know, I mean, that's, that's just the way plays fall sometimes. Um, but that would have been a huge stop in that situation. That probably would have ended the game right there, to be frank. Um, I mean, you never know. Maybe the Ravens get the ball right back because they weren't able to run the ball at all in this game. Um, well, there was a couple of plays with Jackson, but uh, yeah, that 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 was a that was a big issue. Um, obviously, you know, on the earlier drive, like we said, the, the cover zero blitzes, they we're not working. They don't get enough pressure when they do them. And the coverage simply isn't good enough to hold up. Um, on the on the big completion of Claypool, um, you had two receivers that were well open that could have easily picked up huge gains on that. Um, the next one, the busted coverage uh, between Avery and Humphrey. I mean, there's nobody in the middle of the field. Like, e- even if you're in decent like position 
to make a play on it. Like it's really easy to lead your receiver into an, a huge com- completion there. Like if it doesn't go for a touchdown. Like I just don't understand those calls. Like there's guys that aren't doing anything on the field. I, f- I feel like it's just a waste of of personnel. Like you're not putting players in position to impact the play. They're just being used to like I don't know spook the quarterback or something. Roethlisberger isn't that kind of quarterback who's going to get spooked. He's going to sit back there, take an extra step, and he'll find he can just lob it up there for somebody to go get it. He has good receivers. They know how to get separation. They know how to attack the ball in space. And you don't have to throw a perfect pass in those situations. That's that's why those plays piss me off. Because and, and it's the same thing you're talking about on offense, right? It's it's like you have to have it executed perfectly for it to work. But you're seeing your team unable to execute perfectly consistently like they're not executing perfectly they're constantly slightly out of position or bigly out of position um it's not a word but it it's just it's just constant theme of the coordinators not seeing the way the plays are unfolding not seeing how the opposing team is attacking you and not being able to identify the way to you know attack what their weakness is and instead you're playing into their hands and for whatever reason those adjustments aren't right they aren't what they need to be and instead you're kind of like going the other way you're kind of like just doing the thing that the other team is expecting you to do and it's, it's not working so i don't know the coordinators need to kind of sit back and figure out how they can see what other teams are trying to do both on offense and on defense and then figure out a way to attack it. And it's either taking too long or they just don't have an answer far too often. It's been a, it's a, been a consistent theme, I would say, for the past month and a half with, with these Ravens coordinators. Well, and it was also the big plays, again, that the Ravens really fell victim to. You know, there was, you know, obviously the Claypool play that you referenced, Deontay Johnson's touchdown pass was a 29-yard pass. And there was that another 25-yard, like the short play to Johnson that turned out to be a 25-yard gain as well. And it's just like, at some point, like pressure is fine. Pressure is great when it's getting home. But the Ravens weren't getting home in this game consistently by any stretch. Make make a team like the Steelers go all the way down the field and earn every single one of those yards every single bit of the way. Because Ben was not completely accurate in this game and from time to time was missing throws. And you let them off the hook when you let them get 29, 25, 40 yards in chunk plays at one time. That's part of how teams are beating the Ravens right now. They're making them work all the way up the field. They're making them take what's in front of them. The Ravens either aren't taking it or aren't executing, and they're able to stop them at some point. And so, you know, it's like the nine-play, one-yard drive that the Ravens had against Chicago. Yeah, and frankly, I mean, getting back to the defense, like, yeah, they, they let up those big chunk yard plays. One of, like, the one to Johnson, that was because of a missed tackle. So, I mean, that's not really a defensive scheme issue. That's just, like, a bad tackle. But there are two that were missed. Like there was a deep play to McLeod. That one could have easily been called a catch, but it wasn't because of the slight bobble. And then there was the one that Johnson dropped in the end zone. Like those are both plays that could have easily gone for touchdowns. And, you know, your, your defensive backs are having in some ways a decent game, but overall, I don't, I think they were letting their receivers get open and Roethlisberger just wasn't doing a good job. Um, I felt like the Ravens were actually much better suited to play mostly like a zone in this in this game. Um, 
I, I don't know why we didn't see more of that. It seemed like when they did kind of those like fire zone blitzes, they actually were getting to Roethlisberger and affecting him. Um, that was kind of what they were doing early on. And then they went away from that. And they did a lot more man coverage. They did a lot more of this, like bringing the whole house when it's not getting there in the first place. That's just, that's been a consistent theme this entire season, sending seven and eight guys and they don't actually affect the quarterback. <laughs> like what kind of, what's the point of those blitzes if you're not going to, you know, make the quarterback either throw it away or, or take a sack. And, and it's just frustrating. Yeah, we've already talked about it. So, you know, go back and listen to <laughs> what we've already said about this. But my opinion is that you bring, you continue to bring those cover zero blitzes and eventually you're going to get burned. Yes. The, like, like the times that it works, it's absolutely going to work and it's going to be a, a negative play or an incompletion. Right. But the times that you get burned, you're going to get burned and it's really going to sting you and it's going to really set you back. So, you know, if there's any silver lining, in my opinion, to the Marlon Humphrey injury and there's nothing good about that and that's super terrible and the injuries to this team this year have just been gut-wrenchingly awful. But if there's any silver lining, I think that it forces Wink to play more zone. It's going to force them to keep guys back. It's going to force them to say, hey, like, like we don't have the talent to be doing all this, you know, and, and they probably didn't have the talent in the secondary once Peters went down to be as aggressive as, as they have been either. But this now with Humphrey out, this absolutely forces them to say, hey, we need to figure out some other iteration or some uh, different way to do this. And I agree. The fire zone blitzes I thought looked good. I think I think when, when the Ravens play more zone looks, we're going to see more turnovers. The Ravens could really use, you know, getting a situation where they're, they're actually generating turnovers. Um, we've seen that be really successful for them. So... I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say, you know, <laughs> about the fourth quarter because it just it feels like we're watching a broken record. I feel like I watched that fourth quarter at a dip in as a specific quarter, not necessarily the fourth, but some quarter in every game this year for the Ravens. Yeah, they, I mean, they definitely seem to. I mean, I mean, it's, it's these close games, right? Like, there's there's never this comfort level that you have. And it's always, you know, hoping that you keep it close and make the play that you need to in the fourth quarter. Like that was like the end of like the Bears game in terms of a game winning drive. Like this game felt like it might be the same kind of situation, like having a, a game winning drive to kind of eke out the win. They, they did it against Minnesota. Like um, they tried to do it against Miami. They almost got back in that game. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, I don't know. We need to get back to, I mean, we. I say we. But the Ravens need to get back to figuring out how they can get those good-looking drives. Like, I mean, if we go back to the first drive of the game, the Ravens move the ball down the field. They have these wide-open passes to running backs underneath on these short routes. Lamar was getting the ball out fast. Um, he had, I thought, two really poor plays as they got into the red zone. One where he held onto the ball too long, took a sack, where he should have. He had two checkdown options he had a he had ricard and freeman both open for checkdowns and he just took a sack instead um and then obviously the interception which i, I watched that play and I, I see him the first sign of pressure he's going 15 yards backwards like that is not how you avoid pressure that's not how you handle pressure if he steps up and buys himself an extra beat he can easily take an underneath route and if he doesn't pick up the first down, at least, you know, he's not giving up the uh, the terrible play. You can't expect to make that kind of play 
where you're going backwards and like lofting the ball up, especially against like a, a team like the Steelers that has they're playing zone coverage almost always. They're almost never in man. Like that's not going to be an effective play, and you need to know that. And it's that's the kind of play that needs to just be removed from his his arsenal. Like yeah, it worked out I guess last week against when he got lucky against the Browns and like launched it up and found Andrews. That's going to work like one out of ten times. That's not going to be a play you need to go back to. So I don't know. Maybe he felt like he had the ability to make that kind of play again. Clearly not. You need to throw that ball away. You need to ideally step up in the pocket and, and hang tough in the pocket. He has not managed the pocket at all. I, and maybe this can be, a, we can get into the Lamar thing, but his pocket discipline is atrocious right now. It is the worst I have seen, I think, of him as he's been an NFL quarterback. He was much better as a rookie. I mean, I, I the only thing... The only the only counter to that, and Lamar has been terrible. We all agree, Lamar has been terrible. I have my my one hundred dollar bet for him to win MVP is money that I, I that is gone. It is not coming back. Um, the only thing I would say is what pocket sometimes. Yeah. Like like there there's there is not a consistent sense on his part. I should think that he's going to have a clean pocket and he's always worried about which direction it's going to come from. And it's always coming from somewhere different and teams are exploiting that. Now they're blitzing pretty heavily and the Ravens have not developed a three and five step drop game in response to that, for whatever reason, um, they continue to still like, you don't have a great blocking offensive line. Let's keep doing seven step drops. Okay. And what world does that possibly make any sense at all whatsoever? Right you know, oh, you know, we're not consistently, we're not consistently able to pass block. Why don't we just run it all the time instead of run play action passes to kind of slow, slow down these looks. It's just some of the decision-making of how they're setting him up feels like they're leading him into failure and leading him into bad habits at times as well. So I'll agree and disagree with some of that because there have been a lot of receivers that have been kind of the check down options, options that are available to him early on. He's holding on to the ball too long. And he, and he's and he's not managing the pocket well. And like you said, it's true that sometimes the pocket kind of devolves, but his time to throw is, I it was the longest in the NFL. I think it was, it was like after this game, I think it was like almost 3.5 seconds or 3.4 seconds. That's too long. You can't hold on to the ball, especially against a pass rush like the Steelers. You need to be able to get the ball out fast. He had receivers. You can't just continue to take the sack. Some of those times he was there for like five or six seconds trying to make plays when he clearly everybody's screaming get rid of the damn ball like why can't you just realize that you're going to get sacked so and this is what i don't understand i i can't imagine that this is these aren't the same conversations that are being had on the sideline when lamar goes back between roman and urban and lamar like i it's very confusing to me that that it continues to happen and I, it's something that I don't understand because if I was a play caller and this was consistently happening, then I would call plays that forced him to throw the ball quickly, right? Like get him into a rhythm, get him into like, like do things to make him do what it is that you want. Like you have control over that, right? Do the things that make him get right. Let him get right in his head by like approaching it correctly. Run three-step drops, get him in a situation where he understands he needs to get it out by X time or or the play is broken down and you need to run or you need to dump it off or you need to roll out and throw it away, right? Those are things that that can be schemed and coached very easily in the moment. And it's like, look, Lamar, 
on the first drive, if you continue to do this, we're going to completely change the game plan and we're going to take those options away from you because it's not working. Like, why, why are you still calling plays where he's able to do that if that's what he's doing? That, that to me doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I still think in a lot of these plays, he does have the, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're telling him to to take the look, look deep on a read first, like try and let the play develop. So like, I, I feel like Harbaugh said two things at the halftime that were contradictory. And he said, he said they weren't attacking deep enough, which is true. They didn't att- attack deep like much at all in this game. And also that he was holding on to the ball too long. So uh-huh. it's, th- to me, that's contradicting. Like, and maybe you need to have a better mix of plays where you have like the quick reads and the quick passes. I thought that they had that much better in like that first drive that I referenced before. Like, you know, he was, they were finding like the running back on design, like crossers or like easy, like leak out options and picking up, you know, maybe not chunk yardage, but they were getting like 12, 15, 18 yards on some of those, on those passes. Um, it, 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 was, it was something that we saw a little bit when Huntley was in there at quarterback. Um, like getting the ball designed to the to the running back for easy yardage, that's something that could be done with Lamar. They were doing it in this game, and then they kind of went away from it. And I, I'm not sure what the reasoning for that is. And I think that's another thing that really bothered me in, in this game was Greg Roman, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to go with what's working. And this is what we, I mentioned earlier. It's like you have things that are working, and then why are you going back to this awful first down running the ball for nothing over and over again 15 times he ran the ball on first down i think the best pickup they had was six yards on average they were averaging two yards per rush on first down that's atrocious how can you continue to go back to that well over and over and over again when it's consistently not working and and like you said we talked about this last week we said okay you want to like have a balanced rushing passing attack but your rushing attack has no upside. You're getting at max four or five yards on their first down run. There's no such thing as an explosive run from this Ravens offense, unless it's Lamar Jackson. Even then, it's pretty rare. Why are you using that as your go-to start off the set of downs? You need to get explosive plays or at least get positive yardage in the passing play. Then you can set up the run from that. And the personnel decisions are also terrible. You're, it's It's like... They just don't understand what's working, what's not. I've said that like seven times already, but it's, it's it's a simple fact. Like they don't see what isn't working, and it's been obviously, like numbingly obvious to everybody's watching, except for the coaches for some reason. I mean, how many times, for example, was was Tomlinson in on first down plays? I, I I don't have the number in front of me. You'd have to go back and kind of watch pretty carefully, but I can think of at least four or five instances where where Tomlinson was in on first down. To me, that is a waste of a play. We, we kind of talked about using your pieces appropriately when you were talking about the defense. Like, Tomlinson is not a good enough run blocker that you need to be committing Tomlinson and Ricard onto the field together. First of all, that's an entirely clear and obvious way to indicate that you're likely going to be running the ball, right? So you probably either need to be play-actioning there. Also, I would rather Rashad Bateman be on the field and split out wide in that same instant. Take Tomlinson out of the equation as a blocker and bring in another wide receiver that we think is bring in Sammy Watkins, bring in Bateman, bring in, I, I don't care who it is, right? Um, if Boyle is not ready, then you need to take away some of those plays. Now, maybe they work better when Nick Boyle is back, but to me, just not, it's just not worth it in terms of kind of where you're going to get your value at and where you're going to get some of that approach. And, and part of the reason why these 
passes aren't open for the Ravens, these quick passes aren't open, is because they play in these tight formations, right? Like think like if you think about the the two point conversion to play to go back to it, that was a completely tight formation. Everybody everybody was in. So it makes it much more difficult for the offensive line to know who's rushing because everybody is inside. So like teams can get creative about who the blitzers are going to be because everybody gets to just be in in the middle of the line of scrimmage and it creates all this foot traffic right in the middle of that space and it takes away your throwing lanes as guys are dropping back because they get to come up to the line of scrimmage because because you also don't have the package and the depth to go deep in those instances also you know your routes almost to the outside are more angular than straight which is takes away your ability to get the ball deep quickly right like you put two guys on the edge and a guy in the slot you can have a guy run a deep post and and a go together and they can be down the field pretty quickly right you put those guys in line and inside the hash marks it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to get open and they're going to be a lot more squeezed before they get there they're going to have to run you know a double move or a deep corner or whatever that looks like and it makes it it just makes it much more difficult for them to get there I, i i've hated these tight packages that the ravens run for a very long time and i thought that it really did not serve them well in this game in particular yeah i i think it worked to some extent when they had nick boyle like at his apex because boyle was really special in his ability to block on the edge um and steal off guys and move to the second level sometimes i mean he would pick off like two defenders sometimes some of these run plays um but they don't have that anymore they don't have he's not out there um and you know he, they were able to get some unique angles with Lamar on some of those runs, but then also defenses have adjusted to those those plays. They've they're bringing in safeties very aggressively um, to kind of attack where the Ravens were stretching defenses like horizontally. Um, now you know they're, they're they're bringing defensive backs and like blowing those plays up, and and Jackson isn't getting that isn't able to use his speed to kind of win the edge like he was, you know, back in like 2019, for instance. You know, they started aggressively doing that back last year in 2020. Um, and I, I don't know if, I guess, like, Roman hasn't really made a great adjustment to that. And, you know, some of the adjustment was last year when they started implementing the counter bash um, and actually attacking in the middle of defenses when they were just being stretched out a little bit more horizontally and that worked really well um but now they haven't really done that at all you know i think you could probably count the number of that exact play on your single hand over the past month and a half and, and that's partially due to the talent at running back i would say that's largely due to the talent at running back they don't have the, the guy either to handle the mesh point or to be explosive um out of the mesh point um, if, if he get, gets the ball so teams aren't respecting it so i mean i understand why you're not using that play because it, frankly it's, it's, just, it's not something that you can use that much but there needs to be something else to go to and you can't just you know run the ball for the sake of running it if it's if it's not going to work like and I'm not, I'm not opposed to run plays like if it's working in a certain way do it but like the heavy personnel is not the way to go with it i think you have to spread teams out and and set up the run by passing it by making teams you know respect your ability to attack all parts of the field that's something that we were seeing earlier on in the season and now that's not even seem to be part of the game plan at all and the ravens you know the ravens haven't been good at running screens the ravens haven't been good at, good at running screens to running backs but i think they've been relatively effective running screens to tight ends and wide receivers so again in that same instance I, part of what made 
you know, we, we've talked on, we were talking a little bit on Twitter about the Devontae Freeman play last week that was just kind of like a busted play that, that worked out, right? But that was another example where everything was like, everybody was like bunched up super tight. Like Devontae Freeman basically gets rubbed off of the screen because there's so much traffic in that space that there's nowhere, there's no way, way for him to even run to the spot that he's supposed to run to, right? You spread that out and all of a sudden you want to know why the Chiefs screen game works so well it's because everybody's spread out and those wide receivers are running on nine routes and are getting trailed by safeties and cornerbacks that are going with them it makes it a lot easier to get into space you don't need super athletic offensive linemen in those instances because you you are you have then have the space advantage right and so the ravens if they aren't going to be able to run to the edges then they need to use their wide receivers to take advantage of the edges and i i i do think that the ravens need to figure out a way to like like take some of these they need to build in some play calls where Lamar's perspective is being told, don't throw deep. I think, I think that they are, ha- they're trying to have him look deep first. They're trying to have him make those reads deep and that's the, and then read his way back up the field. And I think sometimes they need to invert that, like not always, but sometimes, and sometimes they need to force the ball short and they need to know that these blitzes are going to be coming and they need to burn teams for, and when I say burn, I'm talking about six, seven yard completions, right? Like drags, like, hook routes to the middle of the field, like hook routes that are going to be designed where, where the, the, the pass rusher knows that if this guy on the edge is blitz, I'm going to, I am going to kind of run a hook route to the spot and likely going to be wide open. The Ravens need to, if they can build some of those things in, they don't need to use it consistently. They just need to use it five or six times. And, and I talked about this in a prior podcast, 40, 40 of your play calls are just going to be the same play calls. They're third and longs. They're, you know, they're second and shorts, third and shorts. They're, you know what those play calls are going to look like. You know what those are going to be. It's the other 20 or 30 plays where you make where you make your buck, where on these first and tens, you're staying ahead of the chains, where you're, where you're setting things up, where you're keeping defenses off balance and not knowing what's coming. And that's the part that's like those, the, the, the intermediary 40 plays, I'm still happy with, with what we're doing. It's the other 30 where you really need that creativity, where it just really feels like this team remains and continues to be lacking. Yeah, and I, th- I still think it's possible to be creative in the running game. Like we saw, like, I keep going back to that first drive, but there was a really nice play where they had a a delayed handoff to Freeman after like the it was like a fake action on the end around to Duvernay. It was really well blocked. It was really well designed, um, and I think Freeman picked up like a twenty yard like run on that one. It, it was yards. Yep. 18 yards like like that kind of play to you know maybe that was one of the plays that there was being kept in the vault and they they brought it out um i, I don't know because it's not something we'd seen earlier this season i don't think um but you know those types of things are there to be had i still think there's whenever you use something like the speed of duvernay to draw attention you have jackson's speed also to draw attention if you can get it well blocked, you can pick up good yards still in, in the running game. You just can't do it when the defense has eight guys in the box. Generally, like, well, that, the, yeah, go that ahead. That play was on a that play was on a second and ten. So so yeah. run, like running on second and ten. I, like I'm much more content running on second and ten because teams are like I, like that's part of what's happening right now. Where when the Ravens are getting stuffed on first downs and not being successful when they run the ball there, then they're in second and long and they and they pass almost exclusively. Where historically, like when you go back and look at 2019, there were situations where the Ravens were in second and long and were regularly running the ball. Where they were in third and six and seven and they were running the ball. Now, yes, there was more talent on the offensive line and at running back. But part of what makes that work is because it doesn't seem like the thing that would typically be done. 
And the Ravens are still being very typical in those. Like, I don't want the Ravens to be a run, run, pass team either. But if you can be creative in how you approach the runs on second downs, like the play you were talking about, there's going to be success there. And we haven't seen a lot of that creativity at the level of that play that we saw. The rest of the running game, this game was quite frankly, pretty generic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and and frankly, it was not successful. Like it just, <clears throat> it was not good. I think that was really the only explosive run the entire time they had. I, Jackson might've had a couple, one of scramble. I think maybe two of them were scrambles. Um, you know, he ended up with like 55 yards. That seems to be like the general Jackson game. Um, so he's he's always going to be able to pick up those yards for you, and and they matter, and and that's part of what makes him a special player. But he's you can't just do that. Um, they don't have the ability to kind of you know run Lamar 20 times a game, and that's going to be your offense. That that isn't something that the Ravens can do anymore. I think that that happened one game. Was it the Minnesota game? It worked maybe that one time, but that's not something you can do consistently. Um, I I don't think that if you can't figure out a way to better balance your offense, to better keep opposing defenses off guard, then there's really no hope for it. Um, And frankly, you know, we've talked about tempo before. I think that's the place to start. you know, not letting the defense kind of sit back and just like dictate what they're going to do to you, dictate the your personnel, dictate the type of play. I, I think I'm hoping Boyle gets back because I'm feeling like 12 personnel and 11 personnel need to be what this offense they lives in. Um, and if they're going to have any success moving forward, um, you can be, you can run and you can pass out of both those sets. I don't know if the Ravens can do those deep, play action shots off of the heavy personnel like they were doing earlier in the year. They just don't seem to be getting anything effective out of that. So I think you really just need to kind of get defenses back on their heels, um, use a short passing game, use the, the runs out of spread. Um, I, I mean, that's kind of like the last thing you, you can tap into, in my opinion. Well. And we've, we've talked about, again, you know, we were we, in production for this podcast. I basically said, we're just going to clip together, you know, five minute segments of every podcast that we've had over the course of this year and string them together and say the same things that we've already said, which is maddening. But what I would say is that the reason that I part of the reason why I think tempo works is because there's not as much going on in front of Lamar. It's not as complex of plays. They're not like it's not like an intended route combo or an intended deception and like needing to do this and do this and do this. Right. It's snap the ball like get to the line of scrimmage, look for a coverage, like have your play call, look at what your coverage is, run play, right? And we see when Lamar gets in those situations, he's been successful. So let's do a little bit more of that. Let's simplify it. Let's get the plays in quicker, right? If we are going to huddle, let's get the plays in quicker. Let's get to the line of scrimmage. I mean, we saw on that second and long, that was almost a complete disaster because the snap hit Ricard in the leg and they took a delay a game, right? That was on like second and 18. Right. Like, so it was a, it was a bizarre sequence to begin with, but doesn't need to be that complex at second and 18, right? Like you should have an idea coming into the game already, what you're going to do. We're going to be screening in those situations. We're going to be running draw plays in the situations. These are our, these are our passing plays that that we want to approach second and long. And then this was in the first quarter, right? So that, that, that should not be a hard decision to make. That should not be a play where you're just barely getting to the line of scrimmage and just getting your play call in. 
And so simplify these things down, take out the complexity of some of this. Yes, it's going to take some of the potency away, but you know what? The potency has led to what? An av like less than 20 points, five of the last six games. You know, what what upside are you trading away at this point in these instances? Because we're, we're not seeing any of that upside anymore. And so give it a shot. I mean, do something. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the concern is, you know, maybe if you're, if you're, going with this pass heavy attack you're not going to be able to string together long drives you're not going to, the defense isn't going to be rested like you know what it doesn't matter like they'll figure it out you have to have an offense that's effective if you're going to win like the, the defense yes it's it's honestly it's the reason why the ravens have been gotten to the record they have been because they've had kind of a second half resurgence and have played really well kind of as the offense has faltered the defense has really stepped up and kept them in these games um but you you can't try to protect them and hurt your offense like by hurting your off by hurting your offense that's what i'm gonna say like it's you need to figure out a way that you can be successful on defense and offense at the same time it can't be like one or the other right and the irony of this is that if you're calling these plays with the intent to protect your defense you're in fact doing the opposite of that right now <laughs> like like the, the your end goal is ultimately backfiring this team has been awful you know awful in on offense for the last five weeks and that like the number of possessions that they have given back to other teams in the process of of being terrible has absolutely been part of like what is killing this team and so it to me it just strikes me as terribly ironic that it seems as though they're doing this to protect the defense when in fact they're doing quite the opposite yeah, it's I don't know. It we'll see if they make any changes. I, I'm not holding my breath at this point. It, it seems like anything at this point I'll take as a as a positive that is like anything that we're talking about that they've done to do more of will be good. Um, we did see some more RPOs in this game, so that was like something I can be like, yay, we did something that I, I was hoping for. And and generally they were effective. They had open receivers. Um, Lamar missed. Watkins on a wide open pass that would that was good um but the, the, you know the RPOs are easy yards like that's, that's an easy way to to get quick pickups on first down especially like that's generally how the Ravens have used them and they've been effective so keep using them maybe if you're going to use them four or five times a game that's fine just just keep that as part of the, the play calling um use more play action on first down shocker if that works <laughs> um I feel like they got away from that also in this game. They did it earlier on and kind of moved away from it. So I don't know. That's that's just that's just me being like beating a dead horse at this time. Like I don't I, I don't know. Someone needs to just like give like Greg Roman like a zap every single time he forgets to do a play action on a series because it should be every single like it's not every drop back, but like pretty much like fifty percent of your drop back should either be an RPO or play action. There's no reason why not to use it because it does affect the defense even if it's just a momentary hesitation it'll create some space and that's enough for you know to hold off the pass rush to open up some space behind the linebackers it's it's really that simple yeah and you know flipping to the other side of the ball for a moment you know what a terrible game for the pass rush to decide that they weren't going to play well i mean it seemed like it was that that you know houston and um, Bowser and OA were going to feast this game and should have feasted this game and should have been able to, in some combination between the three of them, stunted and twisted and attacked their way 
success. And I think some of that was taken away because the Ravens were trying to stop the run and not let Harris kind of really have a big impact in the game. But, you know, you got to see better on the edge against, you know, the quality of what you're getting from the offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers than, than you know, what we got from from our guys. So hopefully it was just an off game for them and there's nothing to see here because at the end of the day, they're going to have to be the ones that are carry this off this defense the rest of the way. With Marlon Humphrey out, you know, we're talking about, you know, what this team looks like moving forward is going to be totally different. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, now that Humphrey is out, what the Ravens' decisions are going to be kind of across the board at some of these positions. You know, are you going to see Brandon Stevens more corner? Like, who's going to be that next guy up? Like, like Jimmy Smith seemed like he played a lot more in this game, it seemed like to me, in that right corner spot, which and he seemed to play pretty well. Um, so that was nice to see. But, what you know, if you're, I, I, I think we both agree on this. We'd love to see Geno Stone get a crack at free safety. Um, I'd like to see the Ravens play more zone, but re- whatever iteration of that that they do, those three, Bowser, Owe, and Houston are huge factors in whether or not this team is going to make the playoffs on the stretch. Yeah, I was. that's, that's one of the things that was really disappointing in this game. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure because the week before against Cleveland, who has one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, um, and, and maybe it's it's partially because of the, the quarterback and, and Baker Mayfield is just kind of like a shell of a, of a quarterback and, and Roethlisberger is one of the guys who gets the ball out faster than anybody in the NFL. So the ability to get pressure to, to Roethlisberger is, is, is more difficult. It's challenging. He doesn't hold on to the ball. Um, so, the, you know, the Ravens don't really have that kind of elite immediate early pressure guy. Um, but, but that, that, you know, that's the reason why you, you don't necessarily have to get to the quarterback. You sit in the zone, like let the guys take away the first couple seconds in coverage and so and he doesn't have an easy first read and then let the pressure get to him as opposed to vice versa. Um, and, and that didn't seem to be the approach taken. And, and maybe it was in some instances and it worked in some instances, but I, I don't know. They, the Ravens had six pressures this entire game, which is really, really poor. Um, you know, Houston did not play well. I don't think, um, the, the pressure just wasn't there. I mean, Bowser, who had been playing so well recently, had I don't even I don't remember him in this game. Like, did he do anything? <laughs> it just seemed like he was a non factor. None of the edge guys. I, I I don't remember any of them doing anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, Brandon and Williams had what, eleven tackles. Wait, really? Yeah, I, I think he had a career high in tackles this game. I saw that somewhere. That's wild. Um, so it's just a bizarre, uh, peculiar, peculiar kind of implementation of the defense. Yeah, Brandon Williams had 11 tackles, six solo. That's 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 a very strange. It's a very strange stat line. Um, and, and you're right, Jimmy Smith played 41 snaps in this game, and for some reason, I don't know. I think Tavon Young wasn't fully healthy. And I think that's part of it. Um, he only played eight snaps, um, so I think they were keeping him off the field, except for maybe in a few dime looks um and then he, he then came on after humphrey got hurt um for that final two-point conversion but he was really not out there very much um and unfortunately jimmy smith had a really bad play on that two-point conversion i don't know if you you saw that but he they were in a zone and he, he had the outside contain and he took for some reason carried the defender or the the wide receiver in and it's just uh, i don't know he's he's a veteran he's been in the league for 10 years and he makes that like a rookie mistake um that's frustrating. But anyway, 
you know, this this is one of those games where there's kind of mistakes just cost the Ravens. They didn't have any buffer to get by without making the mistakes from from Mark Jackson. I mean, we didn't even talk about all the pre-snap penalties. Like, it was brutal. Like, there were so many throughout the course of the game. Some of them were special teams, which is weird because the Ravens have been so good on special teams. Um, It's just a weird situation, a weird game. They didn't seem to have their heads on. Um, I mean, as as bad as they've played, you, you think that there's you know, potential for them to still put things together down the stretch, even with all the injuries, they're still in good position record-wise, but I don't know what to expect from it um, as we head into the home stretch. I mean, I don't think there's one easy win on the left on the on the schedule. Um, I mean, they could win one or two games, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, do you think this is? Do you think they're still going to make the playoffs, or do you think this is it? I th- I think they'll manage it to make the playoffs um you know it, it i think they'll manage to get two more wins and i think 10 and 7 will get them into the afc to to be honest um but it's it's not going to be pretty and they're probably going to make it as the wild card although the division is i mean they're still a game up over anybody in the division um which <laughs> and it's a division that doesn't have anybody under 500 so it's really weird that they're in that position so it's not a bad division, but it, it's a wildly inconsistent division. Like every single team can play amazingly well or piss poor at, at, on any given Sunday. It's it's really kind of weird to watch. Um, but you know, I don't know what to expect. Like the Browns, who knows? Coming off of a bye, they they could be a completely different team. They, they had a chance to rest. They had a chance to like look at what the Ravens are doing and game plan for them for the third week in a row, which is complete bullshit NFL. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. I, I I mean the Bengals look like crap one week and then they look like world beaters the next. You know I don't know what to expect. I I do think the Ravens will beat the Steelers in their home game. Um, that I I think will happen. Um, and they it wouldn't surprise me if they you know steal one of the other two against either the Bengals or the Browns. But I don't I don't know. The NFC games are hard. They're they're two of the better teams in the NFL, and I don't see how the Ravens can stop their passing attacks. Frankly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what, what will happen in those games. I think that'll be the big difference. I, I think the Ravens will still ultimately make the playoffs. It'll be kind of funny if they do end up winning the division. I mean, Buffalo losing tonight to um, losing that home game tonight to New England really sets them back pretty significantly because now they've got to go to New England and win if they if they want to make the playoffs, it almost feels like, and, and can't lose another game. Well, the rest of their schedule, I think, is super soft. They have Tampa Bay, which I think they have two more losses potentially on their schedule. They could go 10-7. and seven. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think the Ravens probably also end up 10-7. and seven. That seems like a likely result for them at this point. Um, they might not even win 10 more two more games the rest of the way. It's just I, it, it could definitely come off the rails. Like If they don't fix things on offense their defense isn't going to be able to keep them in these games against better echelon teams. It just won't be able to. Yeah. The, the only saving grace might be, I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Burrow kind of hurt his hand and looked pretty terrible in the second half of the, the Chargers game. Um, and so if there's anything significant, it was his right, it looked like his right pinky or something happened with like one of his fingers on his throwing hand. And so if that's a lingering injury, then who knows, maybe then the Ravens can win all three of these divisional games and get get blown out by get blown out by the Rams and Green Bay and and, and squeak their way in. 
But like I don't I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns win the division, honestly. Like they have I think the best defense of all the teams in the division and they have a running attack. If Baker Mayfield doesn't play like complete ass, then like they're probably the best team in the division. Like they have the most talent, I think. I don't see how I don't I still don't see I mean Baker might play well this week cuz they're coming off of the bye, but that guy that guy is so beat up. Like he and he looks so beat up. I I just can't I mean, he's not throwing accurately. He's not throwing with the same velocity. He, like, I, I don't see how you can look at that and say, oh, well, if Baker plays better, it's not like it's not like with Lamar. Like Lamar could, if, if he can figure out to get the ball out quicker and just change the way he's getting through his reads, then Lamar will be fine. Whereas Baker, I, I don't think it's that simple with him. I don't well, think I don't think it's a mental thing. I think I think the Browns will be able to run the ball though. I think I think they kind of got in their heads against the Ravens and like. The Ravens' run defense has been a lot stronger in the second half of this yeah. year than it seemed than it was in the first half. They they really they really tightened up, and it was except and, against and, the Steelers in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, and I think that maybe the Ravens were just trying to run like more like like they were trying to rush the passer more, and they were trying to run more stunts and things. And and Pittsburgh saw it and took advantage of it. I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, I was looking. I was trying to look at what some of their. And it looked like they were trying to attack the Ravens' backside a little bit um, and some of these bl- blocking schemes. And you know, Harris was doing a good job of, of hitting like a cutback lane or maybe it wasn't even a cutback. It was like a design like backside hole. Um, and they were that's they were kind of doing a good job up front. Um, and, and maybe the Ravens were, you know, kind of tiring out a little bit. Um, it was... There's a lot of drives that they were on the field in, in that quarter. The, the Steelers were kind of keeping them off on the field a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, it's hard first, to say. The first touchdown drive. The first touchdown drive was what three or four plays. Like uh, you know, but the I mean, Ravens the, were the Ravens' offense was barely on the field that quarter. Yeah, so they were they were they were miserable in the fourth quarter. So I mean, it might have just been like a kind of like an energy kind of end of the game. They were getting worn down, but. I mean, the Steelers were definitely like ripping off like nine, ten, twelve yard runs like over and over again, and like it was complete opposite of what we're seeing in the first half when they were going three and out, three and out, three and out. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think the Ravens do have a good run defense. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I think this is more of an aberration than than normal, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns, you know, run for 150 yards on them next week. I mean, I think on the very last drive, the Ravens' run defense gave up like three runs that were longer than eight yards. But before that, they were still pretty tight. I mean, it was there was like I think the one long run on the drive before that, but they were pretty consistent. They were still stopping the run until the very last drive. And I think the Ravens thought that the I think they were playing it like Pittsburgh was going to pass, and and Pittsburgh decided to take advantage of it. But I, I'd have to look closer. Either way, you know, the run defense I think has been playing better. If the Ravens can kind of stop up get them stopped up with, with Chubb and Hunt, then I, I just don't see how Cleveland can win. And any team in the league that is just going to overcommit, I think, to stopping the run against Cleveland for the rest of the year. It'll be interesting to see if they can get away with it. I, I think I think the Ravens still make the playoffs as well, but I don't expect them to go anywhere at this point, especially with Humphrey out. Unless we see really significant changes on both sides of the ball over the next five weeks, then it's hard to believe that the Ravens are, are going to get anywhere in a wild card game. No, I, I don't think so. And it might even be like the best situation they just lose out and get a better draft pick. Like I'm not gonna be rooting for that. Like I'm gonna be like rooting for them to win, obviously. But you know, they're not like you said at the beginning, they're not gonna win a Super Bowl with this team. Like there's just too many injuries to too many key players. Like and it's not just like the whole breadth of the injuries because it, it 
disconcerting to think about like literally like a third of like the starters or contributors are basically lost for the season um maybe even more than that um but the fact that it's like so many of your best players like ronnie stanley marlon humphrey marcus peters gus edwards jk dobbins it's like the guys that you were depending on to be like your play go-to playmakers on both offense and defense are just gone for the year it's yeah I- I read today that Peters and Humphrey combined have missed, I think it was 10 games between the two of them coming into this year. And so the two of them will miss 22 games this year. It's so painful. Screw the 17 game season. Like I know like it, it's just one more week for people to get hurt. I know, I know a lot of these were even before the season started, but like, it's just not been a fun season. It should be like close to the end. And this feels like it's never going to end. I don't like this seventeen game season. I hate it. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the problem is the seventeen game. I, I think. I think the problems run a little more deep seated than that. But you know, who knows? All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully the Ravens can bounce back, take a take a big win against Cleveland next week, continue to kind of hold that divisional lead. It's nice to know that they still continue, to, much like they did with the one seed, hold their own destiny. They. It's the same here in the division. So there's still life. There's still something to root for. Um, and and hopefully we'll see them turn it around quickly and, and maybe maybe surprise us all in, in something else that we weren't expecting. Um, so thanks for Good tuning luck in. With that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks for joining us at this time in the situation room. Uh, he's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at Ravens at Room. We'll talk to you guys soon. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.